Hello there, listener. My name is Kevin, and you're listening to Get A Life Podcast, Kunai. Now, you may be wondering why I'm opening the episode in such an unusual way, but, well, to put it simply, it's that's because this episode is unusual. Guys, welcome to Kunai's very first Halloween special. As always, I'm joined by Bish. Yeah, I'm joined by Bish. Hello. And Joe. I love all of you. And today we're going to be talking about another. And now, it's a special occasion, not only because it's the first time we have a Halloween special on Kunai, but because it's the first time we cover a horror anime. For you new folks, Get Alive Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get Alive group. Due to the nature of the discussion, we can't avoid uh, spoilers for the show to be discussed. For those shows that are based off an existing piece of work like manga, light novel, or any other media form... Uh, you know, we don't cover the source material, so we're not going to be talking about manga, etc. We can be found on Stitcher, iTunes, and on Google Play. And if you'd like to recommend, if you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch and make an episode of Kunai on, send your suggestion on Twitter at G A L P Kunai or by the email address G A L P P E A at gmail and we only ask that you suggest shows that have at most 30 episodes. But if you like our content, you can support us by checking out our sponsor, which is Crunchyroll. So go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for a 14-day free trial. And remember, you can watch another on Crunchyroll. So just saying, if you want to join in on a discussion on Twitter, go get that free trial, watch on Crunchyroll, and then, you know, talk to us. You know, we're, we're cool people. Yeah, so for those of you who are unfamiliar with Another, Another is a horror mystery anime based off of Yukito Ayatsuji's 2009 novel of the same name. Aired during the winter season of 2012, the 12 episodes were produced by PA Works and directed by Tutomu Mizushima. And for the plot overview, basically what you need to know that is that in 1972, uh, Misaki, who's a student of Yomiyama North Middle School in class 3-3, suddenly died partway through the school year. And devastated by the unexpected loss, the students and teachers be- behaved like Misaki was still alive, which led to a strange phenomenon. And in spring 1988, 15-year-old Saki uh, Kabura transfers into Yomiya's class 3-3, where he meets Mei Misaki, a strange student whom their classmates and teachers seemingly ignore. This class is soon caught up in strange phenomenon, in which students and their relatives begin to die in gruesome ways. Realizing that their deaths relate to the Misaki of 1972 incident, yearly calamity that has struck most classes since 1972, Koichi and Mei seek to figure out how to stop it before it kills everyone in their class. Alright guys, so, first things first, what are your first impressions of Another? Yeah, when I first started, you know, Another, I was I was a bit scared, you know, I was just like, oh man, this is a horror anime, I'm not really used to horror anime, I don't watch any horror films, I don't like horror at all, you know, I was the same sort of reaction when I first kind of got into Danganronpa. I was like, no, I can't handle this. Um, yeah, Pepto-Bismol is too scary. Yeah, it, it's the idea of someone of dying or, you, you know, you don't know. you like, I knew it was a horror, but I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know anything about the story. I didn't search up because I wanted to go in fresh. It, it's, I think it's incredibly scary going in not knowing what it is, but knowing it that it's going to be horror. I didn't even know if it was a, if it was like a psychological horror or if it was like a you know jump scary horror. So I was expecting jump scares. I was expecting you know psychological. I was expecting everything in the book there, because I'm so new to horror. So I didn't. I, I came in to this anime incredibly scared, and. And then I, I started watching and I was like, there is some sort of mysterious vibe to the anime. And it was incredibly creepy, especially towards the 
you know, within the first sort of episodes, you get those th- those jump cuts to the to the dolls, and I was like, okay, this is this going to be a jump scare? Am I going to get one of these dolls flash up at me like five Five Nights at Freddy's or something like that? I was expecting such a thing. Um, so I was incredibly scared by my first impressions, and and to be honest, I kind of dropped the anime like halfway through. I was like, uh, not halfway through, but after the first kind of three episodes, um, before anyone really died but you know i, I kind of dropped it because i was like dude i'm i'm not feeling in the right emotional mood to, to watch this anime um you know i was i would watch them at night time i would watch it in japanese as well and and it was incredibly creepy for me but i don't know what anyone else would think in terms of their first impressions that's very interesting actually joe what do you have to say um this is an interesting story for me so i back in high school i was introduced to this by a friend it was, like, I saw the first episode, and although I was, like, wasn't really paying attention, like, I was just talking with my friends, the, like, just, like, the intro and, like, all, like, like Bish said, the random doll cuts just kind of piqued my interest, so I kept my eye on it for a long time, and since we were doing it for the podcast, I decided, like, oh, it's about time that I finally, I finally saw what the show was about, and, like, as I was watching it, like, well, unlike Bish, I'm very familiar with, like, what horror is like. And not just with Danganronpa, just like with anything in general. Like I'm not, I'm not much of a thriller fan, though. But I can, I can stand like high levels of blood or gore and such. And so I was watching this. I wasn't really like I was less scared of the show. I was more captivated. Like I was really like I was focusing less on how gruesome everything was and more about like what. Like, what's the meaning behind all these events? It's like, like it's more like I was paying attention to the mystery aspect of it. And so that's what kind of drew me into the show and what kept me watching until the end. Well, that's a very good point because, yes, it can be very tense and very scary with the way that they cut things in the initial three episodes. But I have to agree with, with you that uh, the mystery is what really compelled me to watch the anime. Uh, just to give people a little background before I continue, though. Um, I actually kind of randomly stumbled across another. Uh, I had heard about it before. It is pretty well known in the anime community, but I kind of you know dismissed it as you know that one horror anime. And, and like Bish, I'm not really into horror all that much. I mean, I play, play Resident Evil and stuff that are slightly scary, but I'm not into horror games, movies, or books, right? So I was just uh, going through my uh, backlog one day, and I saw that the another book was on my my backlog so i bought it read it and i was like holy shit i have to fucking watch this because if the anime is anything like the book it'll be very fucking good right so i was really hyped when i first started watching right i was like booyah this is going to be great right this is my f- my first horror anime but i have to admit that the first few episodes i was kind of skeptical because it was kind of tense, but not quite scary. I, I, there's never a moment in the first few episodes, or I dare say in any uh, episode, where I was legitimately scared and had to pause or something to stop watching, uh, like I would in you know other games or movies. But it was still tense. The problem was that I think it was kind of contradictory in the sense that the the art style of the environment and stuff, it's very realistic, it's very detailed, whereas character designs, they look kind of cutesy, which is kind of offsetting to me, because you have a horror anime, right, so it's really macabre, serious, and gory, and you have these really cute 
character design, so it kind of stands out and kind of ruins the effect for me, right? It's, it's, I mean, it, you don't really like you don't really see how the cuteness can kind of betray itself when, yeah. until you get to the parts where they end up, where they, when they start getting killed or when they go insane and they just hey, have those creepy smiles. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not until later on when people start fucking dying in droves that you realize that you know what? Maybe the cute thing is actually what they intended because. Having really cute characters die in extremely gruesome ways, and trust me. Yeah, it gives me, you a false sense of serenity. Yeah, and it's fucking creepy, right? Because they're, it's just so fucking disturbing, right? So initially, I was kind of skeptical. It was contradictory because I was getting different vibes and different aspects of the show. But later on, when shit hits a fan, people start dying, and it picks up. That's when this anime starts shining, right? So at first, it was really. I have to say, it's kind of like a cheesy J-horror. That was my impression of it, unfortunately, but it picked up over time. Plot twist, everyone dies. Uh, fortunately not. Fortunately not. It, the fucking last arc, though, is pretty damn close. That could have happened really easily. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of the last arc, I was wondering what moments uh, stuck out to you in the anime. Like, any favorite moments or episodes? Fish, you have disappointed me. Joe, you're completely right. It's the swimsuit episode. And let me explain why. The swimsuit episode was was quite odd because I didn't expect such a swimsuit episode um, to actually occur. It was... I only found out that there was a swimsuit episode because the the website I was watching it on um, had a thumbnail for each video and a description. And I was like, oh man, you just fucking ruined it for me. I thought... And, and it had it had that scene, you know, where they're eating watermelon and stuff. And I was like, oh man, are you serious? Like, what the fuck is going on? Um... But it was it was kind of a breath of fresh air. It also kind of looking back at that swimsuit episode, it kind of fucked me up mentally after I watched the last episode of the anime. Um, it is. It's because you're like, oh, you look, they they left the town. You thought everyone was gonna be safe, and then that one guy dies only because he got a concussion inside the town, and then he left and he died in the water. So I was like, no, no, no. We're having a fun time on the beach. Oh, we're going to get we're going to get the ball that flew far into the ocean, and then oh oh it look it looks like he might be having trouble getting back. We should go get him. And oh look, there's a motorboat. Oh, he's coming to him. Oh, he's getting grinded by a motorboat. It, it fucking comes out of nowhere, right? Because you know they're having fun at the beach, and after the fucking music kicks in, and you're like shit. You know he's something's bad's gonna happen. Now here's the thing. Like here's the thing with another another was essentially death flag the anime. Uh, I think from, what was it, episode 3 or something on, there's one death per episode, if I'm not mistaken, or deaths happen really frequently. Yeah, man, it was like a Monster of the Week show, you, you know and what the, I mean? It's like... The fucking last arc, though, the last three episodes, holy shit, I, I was like, am I watching Battle Royale? Mm. Like, no, imagine <laughs> watching this simulcasted. No, they, I have to say that they cut the, well, the end of the episodes really well. It was really tense, and I'm glad that I didn't watch it simulcast, because I would not have the fucking patience to deal with that bullshit. <laughs> they cut it really well. The suspense yeah. was really well no, done. I, I completely anime. agree, and and going into actually why the swimsuit episode was my favorite, it, like I mentioned, it, it was a breath of fresh air. I didn't expect a character to die during that episode. It's also because it kind of took away from the murderous sort of theme that we got in the previous episodes like there were some pretty gruesome deaths in this anime like um the first uh, one i think is one the first one the i think that that fucked me up when when she died um the umbrella killed her and went through her throat 
that fucked me up. I think, I, I don't want to say it's the most gruesome death, but I think it's on there for me. Um, it's not necessarily a favorite moment, but but with with that whole thing, it, it was just very surreal and it was very scary for me. So it, it was kind of like a nice break having these swimsuit episodes and hey, look, everyone's good friends. And it also kind of, it, what also intrigued me was the whole mysterious aspect. You know, when they found the guy that, that stopped the curse and he was like, oh yeah, shit, I can't remember anything. Do you know what I mean? And then they were still kind of working out. It kind of reminded me of the investigation team from Persona. Or indeed, um, Future Foundation from, from Danganronpa. It reminds me of that. Because it's it's like everyone is trying to figure out what's going on. And there's a mystery. And that intrigued me. Joe, what do you think? What was your favorite moments? Okay, so here's the thing about this anime. I don't really have a favorite episode. Because each episode was very similar in concept. For moments, I'd say the moments with... Um, Saki Kabura, that's that's him. Um, Saki Kabura and Masaki Mei. I just really like their development, like in their relationship as they progress through the show. It's like, I really enjoy like how like how Saki Kabura was acknowledging Masaki Mei's existence and like making her feel like she isn't alone and she doesn't exist. And it's like it just felt really good that they were able to because. At the beginning of the show, like, she was saying, like, oh, like, don't stay near me. Like, it's probably already begun and, like, all these different things. And then by the end of it, it's like she wants to be with him, which I really enjoyed. It's a very interesting evolution of the relationship. And I think that the first moment where that was evident for me was in episode three. Because in episode three, uh, is of the particular note, because, like I said, episodes one and two, I was kind of skeptical. And I was, like, I, was, I wasn't feeling it for this anime, right? But in episode three, that was the first time where I notice some really cool use of the cinematography and they, they use it really well when they pair it with the relationship between Mei and uh, Saki Kabura because you know it's the first time when he enters the doll shop right and he's he's on the phone with a nurse right and he's asking about you know who's that girl that died in the hospital because at this point he's still really suspicious of Misaki right and we're, we're all really suspicious of Misaki because we're like oh shit She's really pale. She's really mysterious. Is she the? Is she dead? Is she a ghost or something? Right. It cuts to like the hospital, right? As he's looking at May, so it really fucks with your mind, and you don't know what to think. You know, is she the dead one? Is she alive? Like, what the fuck is going on? So yes, I have to say that this is something the show does a really good job at. It's like it's making you think in certain directions, mm -hmm. and you just play right into their hands. For a long time, I thought, oh, is like Masaki May is probably like the girl who died a long time ago or like you found out like oh Masaki's actually a guy and it's like and then you find out oh she's she she's not dead she's just she just doesn't exist yeah misdirection is really well used in this anime I, I have to praise them for that and another thing that I really liked about episode three I don't know whether liked is the good term to use here because that's when uh the first person dies right and like I said I read the book before this so I knew that she was going to die and how she was going to die, but it it still made me very fucking uneasy, and that's telling you something because uh, I gotta say that when you're reading a book, you can choose to you know ignore certain aspects or you know picture in a certain way, right? But when you're watching a show, it you can't you don't have that option. It's not your imagination that is at play here. It's the director that's fucking with your mind, and you you have to look at the screen as she fucking plunges down and dies, and it's. They, it was done very well, but it made me very uncomfortable as well. You know, it's just the, the gore, the twitching. I just... kind of agree with you. It did make me uncomfortable, but at the same time, 
I appreciate what the director did because he didn't make it like overly gruesome. Do you see what I mean? Because he he could have made it like, and this is something within the anime as well. Most of the deaths are are gruesome, but they're not too gruesome because you know there are some anime where you just see too much gore and, and shit going on. Like, you know, like you know, for example, Berserk that that has fucking a lot of gore and stuff. Um, but this this has the right amount. It's like you see them die, but it's not like in super slow motion, and then you see everything like all the guts and shit come out. No, it, it it's pretty clean and simple, and I think. That works to its advantage. It makes it more creepy. It it, it builds up the the um, the creepy atmosphere um, for that. And I and I think I have to give a thumbs up to that director that obviously made that des that design choice there. And while we're on the topic of deaths, uh, I don't know whether you guys took any particular note of the last arc or the last three episodes when they go to they're on vacation. They go to that that mansion, but that really fucking hit me because uh, up until that point. You know, characters die like once every episode or once every other episode, right? So it's it's pretty normal. You get it kind of, uh, you know, kind of grow into what to expect, and you know that you know a certain character is gonna die every week, right? But no, it's like then, they were using every every murder in the book. Mm -hmm, yeah, exactly. Because by that point, it's late in the anime, and you kind of know what to expect. So you know that someone's gonna die, but then boom, this last arc comes around, right? And shit hits the fan everybody's fucking dying around you. You have no idea what the fuck is going on, right? Because uh, it's it's kind of exciting in a way because at the last uh, at the last moment of episode 9, I think, uh, when Misaki's just about to tell uh, Saki Kabara who the extra is, fucking the door knocks, right? And then you see uh, Teshigawara come in super, like, completely exhausted and you don't know what the fuck is going on, mm -hmm. right? And neither do the protagonists, right? It's just, you know that Somebody's dead, right? And he probably killed him. The fucking kitchen's on fire, and there's chaos everywhere, right? And that just continues until the last episode. And it's that intensity and that fast pace that I really liked in the last arc. What you guys think? Um, I that was actually really funny to me when I saw that one scene with him, like bursting into the room. He's like, "Oh, hey guys, uh, I think I uh, fucked up and killed somebody." Yeah, no shit. <laughs> There's another moment as well in the last arc where, you know, um, the, the librarian, um, he comes back, right? Because he, he drove the kid to the hospital who had asthma. But he comes back and saves what's-his-face, right? And I don't know whether it's the translation or whether it was actually in the original uh, book or whatnot, but he says, this is not normal. And I'm like, I, I literally paused at that moment. I'm like, yeah, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Shit's not normal when the mansion's burning down and half your goddamn students are dying. No, I like how it took so long for everyone to realize that. It's like, it's like you see, like you see, um, Koichi went inside, like he went inside the room and he saw the fire and it took like three people to realize that like, oh, this place is on fire. One thing that I wanted to mention about that fire is that, <clears throat> Realistically, let's be honest. It realistically, how can a fire that large be contained within a dining hall and not spread? Considering that room was made out of wood, and <laughs> do you see what I mean? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, because the guy opens the door and he gets roasted. But before that, you don't really have any mention of the fire. I did not really pay attention to that though, because I was too busy thinking of the guy who literally just got fucking burned. To a crisp. Mm. Oh, I felt sorry so for I, that guy. I didn't even know his no, name. He but... opened the gates of. He opened the gates of hell. In a yeah, way, it was kind of comical the way he died. No, it was comical. I was like, it, I was... it was, but it's comical in the fucked up way. No, I felt so bad because he was just burning alive, which is supposed to be one of the the most painful ways to die. But the, the at the same time, it just 
Like, I couldn't help but laugh while he was just being burned. Like, I feel so bad about it. I would say my favorite part in the last arc is probably the revelation, all right, about Reiko. And I want to know what you guys thought about that, because I thought it was really cool the way they presented it. I knew what was going to happen. I want to see what you guys thought, because you guys were no, completely... That was, that was the anime equivalent of a murder mystery story flipping you in front of you. Were you guys expecting it at all, or...? No, it's because here's the thing. Here's the plot twist. It wasn't the classroom that was the problem. It was the faculty room. <laughs> that was the whole problem this entire time. It's like, how do you think of that? No, but there are other hints, too, though. Like, the, the bird, right? If you remember, it keeps on shouting Ray's name, and... Up until that point, you're kind of like, why the fuck is it doing that, right? It, She's it probably still alive. did, but like, the show did a really good job at masking that so you wouldn't think that because it's like a parrot and they just repeat stuff. Mm -hmm, exactly. So at that point, you kind of, they have a few clues that they throw at you, right? But you don't really think too much of it until the very end. And I think it's very, it's very good because uh, when they throw the, the flashbacks happen, right? And they start mentioning all those strange things about Reiko and Miss Mikami being the same person. All the pieces start falling into place, and you're like, oh shit, okay, it makes sense now, right? All of those things that were felt really off, those are actually intentional, and they were meant to hint that Miss Mikami and Reiko were one and the same. It, it kind of confused me when I saw that, because it was just like, how are they the same? Yes, I did go to that flashback, and she said, you know, when, I was at, when I'm at school, don't, don't refer to me as uh, Reiko, and I was like, okay, cool, that makes sense, maybe she's a teacher, etc. And then, you know, they kind of gave us some facts that came out of nowhere you know with with um no other class has a assistant homeroom teacher well how would, are we supposed to know that no other class has an assistant homeroom teacher that information wasn't given to us it's also the fact that um when he, i i he kind of drew me off because everyone was like hey look no one remembers her but wasn't she like in charge of the art club for example like she's in charge of that and she was the one that announced but your memories are altered, though. Yeah, the memories are altered. It's not that they just forget completely who she is. It's like they remember there's somebody who taught the art class, but they can't remember who it actually was. It does seem really bullshit at first, and I, I have to agree there. It feels kind of cheap, but I have to remember that the effects of the phenom phenomenon are pretty damn strong because even the uh, the tape recording, uh, when the guy says the name of the extra, it gets bleeped out or something. It's blurred. They it cannot, gets distorted, yeah. Yeah, they can't make it out, right? And even their memories are altered because he has he doesn't realize that Reiko actually died a year and a half ago and that he was in Yomiyama a year and a half ago because he completely forgets all of that, right? He's so confident that he knows what's going on and they know, he knows about his past, mm -hmm. but he doesn't because it's the fucked up magic. That's that also kind of confused me was um, the... The librarian also spoke about it. He was like, oh, it's it's kind of weird that they made her an assistant homeroom teacher after what happened a year and a half ago. And I was like, what, what happened a year and a half ago? Why did you, why did they invite her back to be an assistant homeroom teacher? That That's something that kind of, it was in my mind at the time when he said it. But, you know, I, I quickly forgot about it because of everything else that was going on. And I have to admit that's great because obviously it made that plot twist even more, you know, like a what, like a what the fuck moment. And it shocked me even more. But I do have to say that a lot of things kind of were left untied for me. Like, um, specifically with that plot twist. At, like, for example, why was... I'm, I'm, I'm presuming, you know, um, the protagonist was in, in that city for about a, a year and a half ago because he was attending the funeral. That's why. Um, although, at the same time, you see the person that's stabbing 
stabbing uh, Reiko-chan, and I'm like, okay, um, are they the same person? Is, is it him? Did he stab his own auntie? Because just only because... It does that, look like him. I was confused It does look like too. him. So I was like, what? Was it him? And he can't remember or something like that? Well, it does look like him. I have to admit that I, that is true. But I think that they did mention that it was just an unidentified assailant from the class. So a, a student murdered her, if I recall correctly. I don't know why they chose to model him so similarly to uh, Saki, but... That's how it is. It's weird. What disturbed me more, though, is that although I did think that the reveal itself was well executed, the evidence, like you said, Bish, about you know the there not being extra uh, assistant teachers in other classes uh, is kind of BS. Because yes, it you can kind of explain why he never calls uh, Miss Mikami Reiko at school by the fact that you know she told him not to but on things like the fucking class trip right where they're not even at school I'm really surprised that he doesn't call her Reiko and there's absolutely no mention of her name here's the thing it's like for a story that wanted you to kind of figure out that it was a faculty member that was the extra person instead of a student they really focused on the student aspect of it more Yo, yeah exactly it's it's like it's they did a really good job with kind of like sending you a different way which probably blinded everyone from seeing like the it's like the huge twist that would be at the end yeah and that, that's a key element of the story it's misdirection because there are there's so many point moments in the story where you don't know what to think right because there's one point yeah, where you think that oh shit maybe saki's the fucking one that's that's dead right and that with the dreams my yeah that mind fucked me because uh akazawa was like wait if your mom died while she was in yomiyama Maybe you were an unborn child, and you're the one that's deceased, and you're com- you've come back, right? So, um, with with that point, as soon as she said that, I was like, you know, that that's probably bullshit because she said that she met him. So for me, that was just like an instant debust in a way. And at the beginning as well, uh, everyone's you know kind of funneled into thinking that oh shit, this this May girl, she's a ghost, isn't she? Right? Because they're they're making it so obvious that she is abnormal and that she's supernatural, right? With the fucking creepy dolls, her creep- popping out of nowhere, people not seeing her, etc. But then everything's explained, right? So they use misdirection so well at so many points in the story that it's really hard to see the ending and to see figure out who the extra is unless you're really sharp and you pick up the clues, you know, as soon as they, they come out. Um, it, it was kind of odd for me because there were moments, as you mentioned, where I thought Saki was the, the person that was dead only because the the constant nightmares that he was getting. He's like, oh, you, it's your fault that I died because you're dead, blah, blah, blah. Or or the fact that May, when I first died, I was like, there is something wrong with, with May. She's just like, I thought she was dead, obviously, because of her appearance and also the fact that no one else can see her. At the beginning, I thought, okay, maybe it's some sort of Bruce Willis thing at, in Sixth Sense or something like that where she's just a ghost. It's justified because, like, they kind of ma- give you information that makes you think that way. It's like, oh, Koichi met um, Akazawa a year and a half ago, and then a year and a half later, he comes back, but he, like, they don't remember meeting. It's like, you would think that something happens that would have altered the memories. Um, it, sorry. And I really, I really find it funny how all of this turned out because, in the end, the reason everyone kept dying was because nobody knew how to count. No, no, it's, um, 
the, the desks were correct. There was no disturbance in the number of desks. It was the faculty room that had the incorrect number of desks. And but yeah, and the thing is, Reiko was pretty heavily associated with the class, hence why she came back as a ghost because she came. She attended class three three as her, uh, as a student in the past, and if I'm not mistaken, she taught there uh, at the school and she taught class three, and that's how she died, right? So okay. they did say that it's usually. Yeah, she's a homeroom teacher one one and a half years ago, right? And she okay, died during the school trip. Okay, because yeah. I didn't quite understand. I was like, okay, why did she... I, I thought she had no affiliation, and then she just oh, randomly no. died. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. She's a homeroom teacher. Yeah, so we talked a lot about misdirection. I think that we all agree that it's a very, you know, cool tool that they use in this anime, and they use it really well, right? But I just wanted, you know, to wrap up the story and, you know, have your thoughts on everything. Because for me, uh, on the whole, I find that... The story, it's kind of a mixed bag. Again, again, I'm going to say that I have conflicting thoughts because some sto um, story elements, they're really cheesy, right? Because you have your typical, you know, cliche school horror story, right? About this ghost, about this curse. And at first, it doesn't look all that, you know, original, right? But I do have to admit the that the universe that they created and the atmosphere is pretty interesting, right? with the characters and the, the lore that surrounds Omi North. So on the surface, kind of cheesy J-horror, but when you dig deeper, that's when the, you know, the core of this anime really starts to show itself and it shines. What do you guys think? Um, to, to, a certain, to a certain degree, yes. But at the same time, I feel that it did kind of feel... The story, I, I wouldn't say felt predictable because I, in a way, I was like, oh man, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And I genuinely thought at one point that the killer, not the killer, that the dead person was, um, you know, the guy with the the um, studi, uh, the the student president, that guy, the guy with the glasses, with blue hair. I genuinely thought it was him. I was like, you know what, this guy is is the kind of dead person. But you know, it, as you mentioned, there was a lot of misdirection and such. But other than that, I felt it, it kind of fucked me up. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Not much else. It's like it's just. The story was was very intriguing. Like I'm, I'm a huge, I'm, like I'm a sucker for mystery, for any kind of horror. It's like it's pretty nice. Like I, I enjoyed the show thoroughly. Well, I think that the story would not have worked if it weren't for some of the characters, right? And I want to talk about that now, because there are some pretty important characters, but the rest of the cast I find is kind of forgettable. And I just want to know what characters you guys took note of if there were any best girls or best characters that you really liked characters that stood out to me was that creepy the the guy that paints you know the one that was painting the scream i forgot his name um but obviously yeah he he kind of reminded me in terms of his art style reminded me of um hideyoshi from bakan test and he also kind of reminded me of um of shit i forgot his name um, from Hagen I forget the name. Yukimura. The the reason I said it is because it, it, it did remind me a lot of Yukimura because I was like, ooh, this slender kind of dude. And it was like, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he just turned out to be a, a girl or something and we didn't know. that I was expecting that. Obviously, we didn't get that. It's also the fact that he's really shy. He kind of comes out towards the end as, you know, this, this kind of brave dude. Um, one other guy I would mention that, you know, really st uh, stood out was the... Um, shit was the other guy that was with him you know towards the end um I, w once again can't remember his name because he wasn't that important that i remember his name but obviously his design 
was to a certain extent very unique in comparison to the other characters that just felt that they were just being killed for the sake of it and obviously in horror films and in horror stories you always get those characters that you don't really get enough character development for and so they just kill them off straight away because it, it just happens um you kind of want to build it up another character that i really stood out to me was the first first girl that died um you know she was really happy and then she was like oh don't don't do that and don't do this and and she really wanted to kind of move saki away from from may you know when he said oh yeah why don't you go with me i'll walk you home or, or something like that she wanted yeah, to she's very friendly and you really wanted to like her but then you know the thing happened yep and they do that to fuck with your feels, right? Unfortunately. Um, but I think she's very unique also because of her character design. Another character that kind of stood out to me was was the Sundere character. Once again, can't remember her name, but she's just a typical Sundere. The one oh, is that, it the redhead? The redhead, yes. Um, Akazawa. Yeah, Akazawa. She's, she's, she's very, like, I wouldn't say a trope, but she's needed within the anime, and I think she's a very important part of it. Yeah, she is very honest, but you know her 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 one line is "Oh, you idiot, you idiot!" Like that. That's oh, Baka, Baka. That's like that's her one line, and it's very Cinderella. So she stood out for me there. The thing is, she wasn't like she kind of made it very clear that it's like she kind of made herself clear about her feelings in a way. She like she didn't really hide much. Like if she was mad, like she like expressed. Yeah, she's very blunt. She didn't because the thing with lots of like generic sundares is that they hide their feelings that's what makes them a sundare yeah no that's true but at the same time she she does show a lot of trouble even her first interaction with saki was like oh baka i i threw a can at your head oh you're such an idiot i'm like what the fuck what she's saying it to herself or what she's saying it to him that's one thing um it's another character that kind of stood out was obviously may i think she stands out the most if you guys all agree she first of all she had a lot of um Design features, I, I feel that were taken, not taken, but other characters were probably inspired from. Uh, one of those being um, Rika from from uh, Chunibyo. You know, she has the eye patch. She's got the whole school uniform, the hairstyle. She even got one of those antennas that kind of go out. It, she is very like an iconic character. She's very unique as She's anime characters go. She's the mascot of the show. Like, she is. Think yeah. of another you think of may right because the whole first half of the novel is literally just dedicated to the mystery of may like who is she right and she's really mysterious and that's that's a driving force behind the first half of the show and that continues into the second half right um in in terms of that i'm, I'm really happy with the majority of the character designs within this anime they are very unique um although the other characters the ones that got killed off within the final arc not so unique but i understand why they didn't spend much time on them yeah they're just faces like they could have been like you know in oh, i'm gonna bring it back to danganronpa you know in danganronpa when they just have those weird silhouettes for for the killers like it could have been like that it, it could have it could have been like that and i wouldn't have cared do you see what i mean they could have just been blank silhouettes yeah because here's the thing like kevin when they're like when you're trying to do like the whole climactic reenactment you don't actually see who the killer is when you're putting everything together like you don't they don't reveal the silhouette until you finish the climactic reenactment so like because like it kind of plays like a comic where it's like they're showing like a silhouette of somebody trying to kill and then like at the end they show like this big scene where you're unmasking that silhouette so for me uh i don't know 
I agree with you, but I disagree with you at the same time, though. Because uh, there are two main characters, maybe three. I don't know if Saki really counts. There are two characters that I really liked, but the rest of the cast, for me, feels kind of weak. I mean, in terms of, like, actual design, you know, physical design, they do look really nice, right? Like, Tashigawara, uh, he's really cool. He looks very different from the generic characters that get killed off all the time. But I find that the side characters, they don't have as much substance as... Saki, Mei, or Akazawa, simply because uh, they, they fall into this like high school trope where, you know, Teshigawara is your typical cool dude. He, he's like broske, basically, right? Whereas Mochizuki, he, he's characterized by his obsession with uh, that one painter, you know, the fact that he's in the art club. And a lot of the other characters like this as well, they have this one trait that they revolve around, right? So they're not completely flat, like the ones that get generically killed off, but at the same time, they're not that interesting and they're not something that I gravitate towards. The characters that are uh, really well-developed, though, are really good. Like Mei, I think that she's my favorite character easily, right? Because she's so iconic and it's that mystery that really drives you to finish the anime, right? Without her in the first half, I think it would have been very, very boring. And she's really well-designed, uh, and honestly, if she weren't in the anime, it just would not be the same at all. And Akazawa is kind of another character that I think is really good, right? Because she initially appears to be just like the other characters, right? She's kind of this uh, stereotypical bitch, right? You don't like her, she's very blunt, and she seems to hate Saki for whatever reason, you don't know why. But you end up warming up to her, right? Because you learn that, you know, she's had this tragic past with her brother dying, right? And she's actually, you know, a regular student. She has a lot of responsibility on her shoulders, right? She's the one that's at the head of countermeasures, so she's effectively in charge of everyone's lives, right? And that puts a lot of strain on characters. So she starts off kind of meh, but as time progresses, you really, you know, grow to sympathize with her, right? Because of all her struggles and all of her problems, right? But the rest of the cast, like I said, not that impressive. Joe, what you think? Do you agree with me or Bish? Well, I'd, I'm just going to state who my favorite character was. Like, I I do agree with what you're saying about Mei. Like, I, I, she's actually my favorite character as well. Because, like, you don't really know much about her. It's like you go in, like, you think, like, you n initially think, oh, she, is she, like, a ghost of somebody from the past? Like, is she the extra student? Which is why nobody can quote-unquote see her. And, like, you realize, no, she's actually alive. And it's like she accepted this, like... She accepted his ignorance so that the other students wouldn't have to suffer. And, like, you kind of just see her see her open herself up to, like, to Saki... Saki... Ha, Saki... Kam, <clears throat> Almost. Saki... Saki <laughs> oh, my God. Almost. I will never, okay. Everyone Saki who's listening, dead. I will never get that name right, so get used to it. I'm, I'm just going to go back to Koichi because I love JoJo and I love Diamonds Unbreakable especially. Uh... So, Koichi, like, Mei was very open to Koichi, and she, it's like she showed him around her house, and it's like, from somebody who was, like, trying to push him away at first, she's really grown to love him, and, like, just be, like, involve herself more with him, and spend time with him, and do all these different things, and, like, then, like, you find out, oh, she's alive, and it's like, they can... It's like you don't have to worry about anything supernatural. They're just enjoying themselves and such and such. Like, I don't really know what, what, much else to say. Like, Mei just had very mm. nice um, she, character like development. Said, she's really iconic. I think that it's um, kind of hard to not 
choose her as one of the best characters because unfortunately in my opinion it, the rest of the cast isn't that impressive <laughs> it isn't a matter of like best girl or like favorite waifu oh, yeah. or anything like that she's just a variable well, you know one character. of the things that you i have to admire about may and the other characters is their art style right and that's something i I think this anime really nails uh, the the scenery. Like I mentioned earlier at the beginning, it's very detailed, right? And the character desi designs really stand out. And although I do have my gripes about uh, May being sort of cartoony, she does look really nice and really appealing, right? And I I guess you have to be Moe when you're working in the anime industry, right? Because uh, more serious characters might not necessarily sell well with an audience, etc. Right? Um, I don't think that she is Moe. <clears throat> the reason I say that is be Well, I mean, here's the thing, like, I, here's, she's Moe in style, but she's not Moe Not in, even, like, not as, even in style, like, yeah. like, her character style is not, is not, like, something akin to something like K-On, or the Moe art style of... Well, not, not that kind of Moe, she just had a cute... I know, but Moe like, doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean cute, like, do you see what I mean? Like, that's, that's a common misconception. Yes, she does have that kind of kawaii mm. um, styling to her. And I, I wouldn't say it is moe, but it, it, it's somewhat a cute art design for her, as opposed to being moe. Because the other characters have that as well. And there are characters w which I kind of consider moe. Like, for example, the first character that was killed off, she's, she's iconically moe. Do you see what I mean? But I wouldn't say Mei is moe. Not in the slightest. The reason I say moe, and... I'm sorry for misusing the term. It's just that I feel that, you know, the subject matter, if you were just present the synopsis of the story to someone, right, uh, and you ask them to, to draw the characters, they probably wouldn't, the first thing that comes to mind would not be, you know, really cute characters with big eyes, you know, in stereotypical anime fashion. I was expecting the anime adaptation to have, you know, a more realistic art style, right? Because they, when you but pair bear that... In, bear in mind, Kevin, um... You know how light novel has illustrations and manga as well. Um, they most of the time they base it from the illustrations. So yeah, the, th the thing is, the thing is, it's not the case here though because the the design on the cover of uh, another is not moi. So I'm not saying the art design is bad, by the way. It's really good, and for what it's worth, the characters are really unique. They look really interesting. It's just that I personally felt that perhaps it did not go too too well with the atmosphere that was trying to be created. I would like to interject about the point that Kevin said before. I did look at the light novel cover art now. Um, I'm guessing the one that you're speaking about is the very kind of human looking realistic one with I presume that's May with her curly hair. Um, okay, see that's what I didn't expect because there are, are some light novel covers that actually have you know the anime's artwork on it uh i presume that was obviously after the anime was released it is quite interesting i'm but at the same time do you think an anime with that realistic art style would work that's a question for you that's exactly what i was trying to say earlier right i mean sure i'm sitting in my you know armchair you know talking on the internet about how oh they probably should have done this and this with the art style but when you're you know actually producing anime Perhaps you have to consider things like, you know, the audience. Would would the audience necessarily like uh, or would it appeal to the audience if we had a more typical art style or should we go for a more serious art style, right? And in the end, I do think that despite what I said, 
it ironically works because you ha the, the cuteness kind of emphasizes the gory, horrifying moments, right? So it's an interesting approach. Was it something that I would have thought of initially? Not really. But it, it's cool to see what they did with it, you know? To some extent, yes, I kind of do agree with you there. Um, actually, while we're talking about, like, art style or, like, art direction, um, there was something that I, I really loved about the animation. Like, I really like the quote-unquote realism with the animation. It's like, for example, like, let me give you a couple examples. One example when it's like Koichi's talking on the phone with his father, but there's, like, static, so he walks out of his room and it goes back to the call. Or, like, another example where, like, you see somebody trying to come to you, but, like, you see them, like, going, like, up a flight of stairs and then turning a corner. Like, it doesn't just cut to them. You know what I mean? It's like you kind of see everything happening. It's a very nice... It's a very nice type of art direction. It's interesting. And the animation and art style, they go hand in hand. And just like everything else in this anime, for whatever reason, I don't know why it may just be a coincidence. It might just be my bias. But I find that for the first two episodes, things are kind of mediocre, but later on in the anime, they really pick up with the animation and the art style, because uh, in the first two episodes, I mentioned how the cinematography felt really sloppy, right? And that's because they're making sudden cuts that I felt were really out of place, and they're really, they really did uh, a lot of voiceovers in the first two episodes, right? For the beginning scene, for example, when they're, they're whispering about the rumors and stuff, that's cool, right? I think that's a good use of voiceover. But then... You know, when he, he meets a class for the first time, right, and they start asking him questions, you know, like, oh, are you from Tokyo? What's like, what's it like living in Tokyo? Did, did you live here before? Do you have family here and stuff? And they start interrogating him. I don't know if you guys remember, but for that scene, when he's being interrogated by his classmates, uh, is it just a voiceover? And in the background, you just have random scenes that are going on with nothing to do with the questions that are being asked, right? So I felt it was so out of place. and. But really I think... You think it was kind of needed in a way, as as you mentioned, as a as a distraction, as something to throw us off, um, especially. But how so, though, for the, for that moment? Because I don't think it is. Nobody died yet, and there's it wasn't a particularly tense moment, right? For me, it added to the whole kind of creepiness of it all. Like jumping to weird shots or shots of dolls or or, or anything like that. It's just kind of like, what the fuck does this got to do? It makes me wonder. Do these irrelevant things have something to do with the anime? And if so, I want to know. Do you see what I mean? It puts our mind in the in in a position where we are more ready to kind of accept what might go on further down the line. I think that's why they've done that. Whether or not it's successful, that is debatable. I kind of do agree with you. The the whole monologues and the whole voice voiceover in those points were not necessary, but I see why they've done that for that reason. No, like for 2012, mm. that animation was very good. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, I, this is I'm something I want to mention about about the art style. It did. This anime is set. Art I style believe, or animation? In, in sorry, in art style and animation. This okay. anime was um, set in 1998. Am I yeah. not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is set correct. in 1998. It felt like an anime from 1998. I, whether or not that was done on purpose, really? I don't know. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Like I, I remember watching a lot of anime in the '90s. You know, like Big O and like Gundam. And, and yes, I'm not comparing it to Gundam, design, but or? not in terms of character design, but in terms of art style and animation, uh, specifically the art style of the characters, etc. They looked quite. They look quite odd. Like, for example, if you look at a lot of the characters, they are quite um, thin. A lot of them are, you know, like the the I forgot his name, the the guy that's into art. 
he's quite thin and he's quite scrawny. Same with the kid that had the heart attack. He's quite thin and scrawny. Even the main character, Saki, has that, as well as Mei. Um, you kind of see the more modern art styles towards the end of the... Um, of the animations i mean you know within within the final arc and even the the beach arc when they're all in swimsuits and such that's when you're like oh man i was mostly talking about like shading and like so like cell shading like the atmosphere it's like it just felt very even recent. then the the kind of color palette that they used felt very dark it felt very kind of dreary kind of i'm not gonna say anime from the 90s is is dreary and not because obviously you, you got anime like um like Ghibli know, like, films and yeah, Ghibli films and such, which are very colorful, but it, it it kind of reminded me of something that is nostalgic to me. And even then, even the um, um, I don't want to jump the gun here, but even the music kind of felt like '90s anime. Even even the whole um, the OST, the intros and the opening and the endings kind of felt like a '90s anime. Just saying. That's interesting. I. I have to side with the Joe and disagree with you because a lot of the things that you say they are technically true, but you have to think about the context, right, the genre. Yes, the music does kind of remind you of these older, you know, horror B-movies and stuff, but that's because it's trying to emulate, it's trying to create this atmosphere of your uh, usual horror movies, right? And the color palette, while it is dark, right, relatively dark, that's because it's a horror anime, right? It wants to convey this darker tone. But I, I know, that, but at the same time, let, let's compare it to something like... Um... I don't know, Danganronpa. I'm mentioning Danganronpa a lot because it is, it's the other anime that has some sort of gore in it that I can refer to. That is a very somewhat colourful anime. Even in its dark moments, it is quite dark, but you can tell that That's it is quite modern. That's because the setting is very different, though. No, it's, no, the setting is kind of playful. The thing, with Danganronpa, this is not the thing about Danganronpa is that it's very, like, it has a very dark undertone, mm -hmm. but you can tell that it's, like, it's, it's not really... The trying to aim for that a lot of the time. Yeah, aesthetically, I think but that's not... But even then, something same. something like Danganronpa has a sort of modern art style, and I, you can't deny that. The art style is very different to this, and it did kind of remind me of um, shows like... Um, this anime didn't... There were moments where I was like, oh, okay, it has some sort of weird anime from the 90s vibe to it uh, specifically for me like i'm not sure with you guys if you've watched anime from the 90s but it, it kind of got that vibe for me there yeah i mean I, I could compare it to black lagoon which is not a 90s anime but it's from 2005 so what seven years before this anime came out and i i have to say that just from the art style if you're talking about the landscapes and backgrounds definitely yeah there's some similarity but in terms of character designs and the the main aspects i find that it's a bit more modern because just the way that you know that even the noses are are drawn and stuff and the color palette i agree with you that the color palette of 90s shows i know i got what you mean in terms of you know it's a bit more bland i don't mean that in an offensive way it's just a bit more flat right it's it's like if all 90s anime had this filter over it for, for whatever reason and you know they took it off for modern anime i do find that yes it is on the darker side of things right because it's it is a horror anime but I do find that the colors are really bold and they there's some contrasts within the colors that they use. Especially in May, right? Red eyes, black hair, and it's it's very bold colors that stick out. It's not like they're very light colors that you'd see in older anime, in my opinion. Like as somebody who has seen older shows, like for example, a show I talk about a lot, Evangelion, like that released that aired from nineteen ninety-five to nineteen ninety-six. And, like, the colors aren't as, like, you see a lot of colors, but they aren't as vibrant as, like, they are in another. Like, you see everything shining, 
but like with like older anime, everything's more flat. So it, it's kind of like that's what we're referring to. And like maybe he had like I didn't say it, it's going for it, but I'm just feeling that it is trying to emulate it at least for me like that's just what i picked up on it um yeah like i i get no i get exactly what you mean like i i know you mean like you're not literally saying that this looks like something from 1998 like it's more like from like art from an artist standpoint um one thing i wanted to mention about within that point is is the kind of opening and endings and i'm gonna jump straight into audio here is that the opening and the endings for me didn't quite fit what was going on in the anime I'm not sure if you guys agree, especially with the whole, the, the, for me, the anime at the beginning when it was trying to build up the whole creepy moment and then they kind of jumped to this kind of weird, once again, kind of weird anime from the 90s sort of music. It, it was just like, does this, it, it took me out of the whole creepy moment. I was like, really? You're really going to do this? But then towards the, um, towards the kind of middle and final arcs of the anime, it, it kind of worked for me. At the beginning it didn't, and then the the thing. But the ending for me, it didn't fit anywhere. It was just like this weird piano music at the end, and it was just like showing all the characters in that kind of end sequence. And I was like, really? Like, what is, what was the purpose of this? I have to say that I, I did notice something about the ending fish. And I agree with you, you know, it initially it feels really off, right? But uh, I noticed something. I don't, I want to see if you agree with me on this, right? So it feels really out of place, right? Because, you know, have these fucking characters dying, right? They're, like, gushing blood and shit. It's really gory. And then you have this really serene, peaceful music with this very light colors, you know, everyone's smiling and all is good. And you're like, what the fuck? That doesn't match the theme at all, right? You went from extremely gruesome to extremely peaceful. But then that's when it hit me, where it's like, oh, oh shit, maybe that's what they want. Right? Same with the art style, because if you think about it, um, if you look at the, the actual animation and the art style they use for the ending, all the characters start fading in like ghosts, right? And very, they're all smiling and happy, and, and it's basically uh, a world where uh, the, the curse doesn't exist, and they're all happy and they're all alive, right? So it contrasts a lot with what's actually going on in the anime, and I think that might have been intentional. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my point. It's just I didn't know I didn't know that at first. For me, I didn't realize that you know they were planning this all along. No, for me, the first thing that I thought was this feels off. It doesn't match the rest of the anime. It wasn't until like episode six uh, or seven that I noticed that okay, maybe you know these gruesome deaths are meant to contrast with with the ending. Uh, maybe it's just me, but like it just kind of came to me. It's like oh, this is just really creepy, the end. But like I do I do agree with Kevin where. In the sense of like the opening fits, like I feel like the opening kind of works with the show in a couple ways. Aside from the opening ending, though, um, you know, which we do have mixed feelings on, I want to know your thoughts on the OST because for me, uh, it's pretty fucking amazing, mm, like, and I think that I completely they, agree with you. They really nailed it. I and do agree as well. In in a horror anime, all right, like the life or death of a horror anime is in its atmosphere, okay? And I, we already established that, you know, the art style is really good, but the music is such a critical component of any horror anime, and they did it so well in here, right? Because whether it's moments of, you know, where people are dying and you want to show shock and disgust, or whether it's moments of, you know, uh, we're getting mind fucked and they're revealing things and they want to show, you know, tension, the... In every moment, the music fits extremely well with what's going on on screen. And 
I completely agree with you. I, I also feel that the music is very immersive. Like, I don't... Like, you can ask me, oh, Bish, do you remember any specific music tracks from that? I can't really get any from the top of my mind. Although, I feel that the music was so good, it made me forget that I was even watching an anime. It, it made me feel that I was... Not necessarily was there, but I, I was looking at the situation as if I was an eagle, uh, just soaring over it. Um, it, it, it made me feel more immersed in this whole situation in what was going on it didn't like i mentioned it didn't feel like an anime to me it felt more like a like me you were watching... spectating a real incident in e your life exactly right? yes and i think that's down to the music because the music made me feel that as if i was in in that situation that's what it made me feel like i couldn't even remember the tracks that's how good they were like there's actually one notable part of the anime that really like made you appreciate the music a lot more. It's when he's talking with, it's when Koichi's talking with his dad, and like as they're like cutting between scenes inside the built inside a school building and outside. It's like you can clearly hear nothing. Like you don't hear anything outside, but you can clearly hear something inside the building. It's like it's very subtle, but you can hear it. It's like kind of like set set a nice tone, set a nice tone for those specific scenes. And also, like, when the music was slowly rising up, that's something a horror, like, a horror anime needs to get down to the nail if they want the atmosphere to feel like it's truly creepy. And I feel like they did a really good job with that. As I always say with OSTs, because I'm a music, I'm an audiophile, basically, right? I don't know whether I download it because it's kind of creepy. I, I wouldn't want to listen to this, you know, on a fucking jog. So I wouldn't download it. Uh, other than that, though, um, I find that when you have to pause, right? When you're so immersed, right? And you snap out of it and you, you pause the, the show that you're watching and you go, holy crap, that was really good. And you, you try to go look it up. That's that's when you know you have a good OST in your hands, right? And that's exactly what happened with another. Because I have a list of moments that where the music stood out to me. And I was like, damn, they really fucking nailed the atmosphere. And probably the most iconic soundtrack is the music that plays at the doll shop. It's sort of this slow music box combined with, um, I think it's called a xylophone, right? So it's really slow and creepy, right? And it really sets the tone for May and the whole doll shop, right? Because at that point, you're still wondering whether she's even alive or not, if she exists, right? So it adds the mystery elements. And another great thing about the OST is that it's not just, you know, doom and gloom. It's really malleable, adapts to many situations as well, right? And this is especially true in the chase scene where the fucking innkeeper goes nuts and starts murdering everyone. And, you know, the protagonist is freaking out, right? It's really tense and that's reflected in the really fast music that they suddenly have for that scene, right? Where she ch she chases um, Mochizuki and uh, Teshi Gawara. It's really tense, really fast-paced, right? So it contrasts with the rest of the soundtrack, but it fits really well with the moment that it's inserted in. You know what I mean? Um, can we talk about like voice acting now? Because I think this is very important to me. I really want to spend quite a lot of time on it. Um, for me, there's obviously a dub and a sub of this anime. Um, I'm not sure if both of them are on Crunchyroll. Are both of them on Crunchyroll? Because I was, I was watching it all subbed. I didn't really pay attention to whether the dub option was available. So yeah, um, the place where I watched it basically defaults to the um, the dub of the anime and not the sub. So then obviously I quickly switched it over to sub because, you know, sometimes you don't really want to watch a an anime with a, me a, a, a mediocre 
like dub to it. And this anime does have a mediocre dub. And the reason I say this was, <laughs> it does, it, it's cringy. Like when you watch the first kind of a couple of episodes, it takes you out of the immersion. It's like, man, come on. Like Mei doesn't sound as creepy as she normally sounds in Japanese. Rego sounds like a 12 year old. It, it's, it's, it's weird. No, terrible. no, Rei, oh my God. Even, even, um, shit. What's, what's the guy? The main character sounds completely different. Saki, oh my God. He has such sounds a squeaky like, voice. He's like, hey, hey, what's up guys? Yeah. Uh, uh, Tim Martin here. Here's a problem I have with a lot of dubs. That they just don't sound natural. They don't. But at the same time, it. This is why I watched. I watched the remainder of the anime. I watched the first six episodes in sub, and then I watched the rest in dub. And let me explain. What it. is wrong with then? You, how bitch? were you able to watch the final like massacre scene? I watched it in in dub. And let me explain. Oh my god. Oh my god. And <laughs> I did get a chance. I did get a chance a couple of days ago to watch the last six episodes in sub, and obviously I do agree it's better in sub, but during my initial watch, I was completely freaked out by this anime. You know, I would get some sort of nightmares and stuff like that, so I was like, you know what, if I'm going to continue watching this, I might as well watch it in the English dub, because the English dub is so poor that it just and made it's actually the scary. <laughs> it made it, like, less scary, so I was like, oh man. Just out of curiosity, who licensed the dub? Who done the English dubs? Adoops. Sentai films work. It says here that it was it was yeah they they um, licensed the anime series for digital and home release in t- 2012. So I'm assuming the dub was done in 2012. But even then, when I was watching the dub, it kind of added it added um, it, it like I said it it kind of added some sort of nostalgia because you know in the 90s when dubs were like really bad English dubs are really bad of anime. Other than like Dragon Ball Z and such, um, so those those kind of they bad... did it on purpose to add to the atmosphere. <laughs> I, yeah, no, it, it kind of that's why maybe that might be why I'm saying it, it had this kind of '90s feel to it. But it it watching the English dub made it less scary to me. And I think if you're someone who's afraid of um, of of horror animes and you just want to get into this anime, I think watch the English dub. And, I, and I would disagree because, in my opinion, you're missing so much if you watch the English dub. It's the the emotion at the end. You I know, need but at the, it at the in, same in time, the this is where the reason why I'm saying that is because if you're very squeamish and if you're afraid of of these sort of horror animes and you're very new to it, like like for me, I'm not into. I can't handle horror animes. I can't handle horror shows. But watching watching the dub eased me into it. Um, Bish, you basically time. just said you basically just said you you want to use the sh- you want people to use the show's flaw in no, order no, no, to no, no, help no, no, them no. watch the show. I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's what you're saying. Yeah, dude. I'm saying for people who can't handle horror because not everyone can handle horror, not everyone can handle th- a thriller or gore no, or anything like that. No, the voices have nothing to do and with it. No, the voices, the voices do. If you've watched the English dub, the voices do. It takes you out of a sort of scary atmosphere. It breaks that atmosphere for you. And but that's for... so counterintuitive though because it's ruining everything else in the anime. No, that that might be your opinion. Yes, I do agree that the sub is is, you know, the Japanese version is incredibly better and it does add to that horror anime, you know, vibe but at the same time if you're someone like me i've had incredible amounts of nightmares that's why i had to switch over because i felt that the english dub wasn't as scary like i i couldn't if i wait we have nightmares from another yes oh damn okay yeah 
it did give me that vibe and i feel that there are some people out there who will be like me and can't handle this mm-hmm. sort of thing so i'm not saying yeah, to everyone enough. watch this like that no i'm saying if you can handle the horror watch it subbed if you can't watch it dubbed because it will ease you into the anime and i think yes it is a very mediocre dub but it does take you out of that ho- sort of horror aspect of it and it lets you I don't know, it lets you kind of in, not necessarily enjoy the anime because you might think, oh shit, no man, this was really yeah. shitty dub. But I, hopefully that shitty dub can, you it, know... It's like the, the casual mode on RPGs where they tone down the difficulty to the point where it's just, you're enjoying the story. Exactly, That that's that's where that is. And you know, if you want to rewatch it, like, I rewatched it in, in sub, and like I said, it, it did fuck me up. So if you want to rewatch it in sub after you watched it in dub, that would be great. If you're one of those kind of people like myself who can't handle horror or, or thriller and such. I do agree with Bish because there are people that will freak the fuck out at scary things. And like I am myself pretty squeamish, all right? I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I still found that the, the sub was good. And, you know, like it, like Bish said, if you think that you're too scared and you don't want to, uh, you know have nightmares and shit but you still want to enjoy the anime then by all means go watch the dub but if you want to take a little leap of faith or you know you're not that squeamish i do encourage you to watch the dub or sorry the sub because it really is an integral part you know just as much as the ost and as the animation and art in creating the atmosphere that another is going for right so personally for me having a dub that bad kind of goes against everything the director was aiming for when he was creating the anime, right? But to each his own, I guess. Yeah, like, it's... Yeah, in the end, it's to each his own. If you want to listen to the dub and you'd prefer it, if you want something that isn't as, like, fully immersive, then that's that's up to you if you're not really used to the horror genre. It's just that what, how, what I personally think is that you're kind of doing yourself a disservice by, watch, by watching it dubbed as opposed to its intended intended voiceover which is supposed to give uh, this ominous like this horrific vibe one thing that i wanted to mention that i you know when i was watching it you know subbed <clears throat> through my second watch through it it's the fact that a lot of the characters sound incredibly creepy and there's there's one thing that creeps me out the most and i think the the creepiest sounding character wasn't may for me it was um koichi's grandmother I don't like the way Japanese grandmothers sound. They sound so creepy. Like, um... I'm, I'm surprised that you mentioned her and not the fucking creepy-ass old lady in the doll shop. Well, no, she was she was creepy, but I, I expected her to be creepy because she was just, you know, in a creepy environment. But the grandmother, the way she's speaking, when, when Koichi's in the hospital, I was like, what the fuck? She has something to do with something. We talk about the dub and sub you know we, we we may have our disagreements about you know the quality of each but i think that one thing that remains constant in both would be the sound effects all right and i, I think the sound effects are pretty well done all right i don't know if you agree with me but the reason i say that is because it's it's so well done in the gory moments all right that it it's enough to give you fucking nightmares right and I, i'm going back to the first death again because no, it's the one that marked me the most. It was the first... is the moment when I realized, oh shit, they're not fucking around in this anime. That's because the the blood in particular, I don't know what they did, but when she gets fucking impaled by the umbrella, right? Just her... the blood coming out, and then her gasp... Because she doesn't die immediately. She fucking, like, 
has a seizure or some shit, and she she's like gargling or. I've actually learned about this in uh, in forensic science. Like, it's if you hurt somebody in a certain way, then their blood will shoot out in like a specific way mm -hmm. and it'll affect them. Exactly. And like, it'll make them react in some ways. Like, maybe like some blood will cut just like cut will just leak out. Like, it isn't like oh, you're gonna start shaking around. But if you cut somebody in a way that makes them like shoot out of their veins, that was like right in the fucking then or you're gonna some end shit, up right? like because she got mm -hmm. impaled right through the neck. So, just th those yeah, sounds of her, like, like, trying to talk or something, like, her... Well, because here's the thing, she's choking, she's gasping for air, and her blood is splattering in a way that, like... Okay, think of it, like, your body is kind of, like, your blood isn't exactly, like, moving, like, moving very fast in your body. Think of it like, your body is kind of, like, keeping your blood in, like, a... And, like, a, a calm space. But, like, once some somebody suddenly cuts into you, then that blood flow just shoots out, like, a like a stream of water there is a question that we normally talk about would we want to see a second season but obviously i don't think that's applicable it's not gonna only not because gonna they did they did kind of wrap up this whole anime quite well to be honest um, there isn't anything they can really continue no yeah, i'm satisfied exactly. with the one season yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good thing right? same um one thing that anything. i did what, what i did wonder was that i can see this becoming a film it is a film it's a lot there's a live action film oh, and is a manga. There? Okay. Yes. Interesting. And I okay. Don't know whether I want to see live action film because, firstly, live actions are kind of mess sometimes, and I don't know whether I'd be able to, be able to handle this gore. In, like, in, for um, <laughs> in terms of the the live action, I wasn't thinking necessarily of a live action film. I was oh, like thinking a, a full on. I, I, I was thinking as a like an original video animation instead of a like a drawn out series. Mm. I think this would have worked potentially as maybe a four hour film. Oh, so you want it to be like Batman levels of, <laughs> well, of movie quality? Etc. I mean, yeah. that that is true because there's still some things been explored. That's not enough for a second season, like you said. But uh, the books, there's episode um, S slash zero that came out not too long ago, or well, in America at least, and that's basically talking about uh, a portion of that Asaki story is May's about past. Uh, Reiko's past, right in her time. So that'd be pretty cool. Wait, to Reiko, see. Reiko's past? I thought it was Masaki. Uh, no, it's it's both. Like but a one, like a one, prequel type thing, so yeah. Reiko's past and Misaki May's past. Mm -hmm. Uh no, for uh Misaki, it's just a side story of what happens uh, on summer vac during summer vacation, which doesn't happen in the book. But you know, now that you mention it, it'd be pretty cool to see you know perhaps a standalone film about you know the previous classes that dealt with this and who did not have the countermeasures and the shit. Right, that'd be pretty interesting. But uh, if there were to be a second season, I think that'd be very samey to this season because the general plot wouldn't change the premise wouldn't change the curse is exactly the same but right? the thing so, is with the second season it would be an original thing it would be non-canon because there wouldn't be a source material yeah, for it exactly and I, I wouldn't want that because i'm satisfied with the way they wrapped it up here i wouldn't want them to go out of their way to ruin the ending that they established here one thing that i want to mention is the opinions on the anime like i personally would i recommend it to someone Potentially. Depends on who I'm speaking to. If it's someone that I know is into, not necessarily into anime, but they're into, you know, horror shows or horror films, definitely. I would say watch this anime. Watch it in the in the sub, of course, but um, if they're used to it. If I wouldn't recommend it to someone who is new to anime. 
certainly not because i think that that might skew uh, their opinion the only time on i would do that is if they are like a horror junkie yeah, yeah. but they want to get into anime just that would be said. perfect so but otherwise yeah no that would yeah. like kevin described it how i want to describe it like if you're really into horror and you want to get into the anime scene then another would be a good starting point but if you want to want idea of what anime is generally like then another is a no-no no no it is not this brutal usually i have a question for you guys actually because this is this is the first time that we have a halloween special like i said and this is the first time that we've covered a horror anime for kunai and in fact i believe for almost everyone except for joe who's watched corpse party this is our very very first horror anime right so i was wondering uh what effect has another had on you you know has it piqued your interest in horror anime? Would you consider watching other shows in the genre? Because I think I would. It's very interesting because it, this kind of affected me on an, an emotional level. I'm not saying it fucked me up like so bad, man, that I had to go and see a psychiatrist. But I get dreams about, um, you know, these events that happened. They were playing again in my dreams as, as if it was like some sort of on a loop. Um, and... It did affect me emotionally. There were moments where, you know, I didn't want to watch the anime because it, it was just like, I don't want to see death. And obviously there's a lot of anime that makes me feel like this, but I think this anime made me feel like this the most. Whether or not I'm intrigued in horror anime, no. I'm not really intrigued in horror anime. I was intrigued in this anime because there was that element of mystery and there was some sort of mystery to be solved. I, I love mystery animes, so that was pow-pow for me. I love that. Um... But would I watch something like more horror shows because I've watched another? Certainly not. No, I'm still I'm still going to keep my stance on I don't really like horror shows, etc. So I only kind of watched this for Kuna. I didn't really was intrigued in watching any other horror shows. But this one was a good one. Do I regret it? No. The reason that is is because it did have that element of of a mystery behind it there was a story there was a, a a quite coherent story besides the loopholes but there was an element of of mystery and as i mentioned i love mystery animes that's why i love tongue and rumpa that's why i love persona so well the thing is i've had my fair share of experiences with both like non-anime related horror and anime horror like for example i've seen corpse party like i've seen like the walking dead like it's, it's like those two examples are like those are two examples of what I've seen in the horror genre. Corpse Party, um, I agree with the Walking Dead. I won't, I don't know whether I. Well, I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking as far as well. I don't want to call it horror, but like it's, it's. I was talking more along the lines of like the intensity of like the blood or like the gore, stuff like that, uh, because you do see some pretty fucked up stuff in there. Um, so I, I guess I could say like I was used to like a, lots of blood and lots of like corpses. Um, so when I watched another, it didn't really bother me. Like, sure, it, it did surprise me a lot of times because I didn't really see lots of things coming. But I was still, like, I didn't feel very uncomfortable about it because, like, I've been, I've, I'm used to it. I see. Well, for me, like I said, it's, I don't know whether, you know, I'll go full on, you know, marathon a bunch of horror anime now. But I, I do think that just because of how well done uh, this anime is, how well the atmosphere is portrayed... I think that I am willing, I'm more willing to, you know, dip my feet into this run than I was before. Because before I was squeamish, I still am, but uh, I just had a bad impression of horror anime before. Because I was expecting, you know, very cheesy, uh, uninteresting shows, right? But another showed me that, no, this can be done very well, can be done in a very emotional 
engaging way. So if there are other shows that, you know, have this mystery element with a horror, uh, I'd be definitely be interested. Would I watch something, you know, that is just gore, you know, for the sake of having gore like Saw? No, I wouldn't do that. But I'm definitely interested in exploring other shows in the genre. Right, and um, actually, actually, I would consider, like, off topic, but I actually would consider Walking Dead as horror. Because here's the thing, like, horror and, like I said before, horror and thriller aren't two, are two different things. It's like thriller is like like scares and everything. Horror is more like you see something very, like very gruesome, very bloody, and like you're. It's like somebody reacting to it. You know what I mean? Well, guys, that was a very <laughs> interesting conversation. I think that we all came in with different points of views, and we, we all come out with uh, different points of views on horror anime. But the next episode, we will be. Having uh, featuring an anime that is a bit less uh, intense, let's say. Bish, you tell us what it is? It's an anime called Nanana's Buried Treasure, and I think that's a very interesting anime for me. It was an anime that I was also introduced by a guy called Exalaborg, same guy that introduced me to Excel World and Henneko. So this Exalaborg guy is like the new Daniil. So, so with Nanana's Buried Treasure, it is a sort of supernatural uh, show and it has a mystery element in it as well so I think it will be very interesting remember guys it is on Crunchyroll so in uh, it's on Crunchyroll in the UK it's on Crunchyroll in Canada and in the US as well so remember guys if you want to kind of keep up to date with that and kind of join in on the conversation for when we talk about the episode uh, when we talk about the anime please go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for your 14 day Crunchyroll Premium free trial. Also, if you guys like this episode, want to share your thoughts about the episode itself or the anime, things that you disagree us with, things that you agree with, then don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter. Our uh, we have a Twitter page at GALP Kunai, and we also have our personal Twitter pages. So mine is at the Tempest Phoenix, uh, Phoenix spelled with F E N I X. Yeah, uh, mine is at Get a Life Podcast. It's always been the same. Mine is Kibo Gamer, spelled K I B O U G A M E R. And unfortunately, I am not talking about Danganronpa as much as I used to be because it is, has now ended and my heart is broken. But there's V3 uh, coming soon, so be that's true. For that. No, I, like I'm probably gonna be streaming that a lot. So if you like, I'm probably gonna post links along my Twitter for the stream. If, when it, like around the time it comes out so you could stop by say hi maybe sh like shit on me about my skills in the game those two things are brutal when combined also if you find that you know uh, twitter isn't my sort of thing then we also have an uh, email actually and it's glp.pea at gmail.com just send all your messages through there and we will get them other than that guys thank you so much for watching uh, or listening to this episode we hope that you enjoyed uh, listening to it as much as we made, we did making it and watching another. It was certainly interesting, I think, for everyone here. And until next time. I love all of you. <laughs> See you guys. See ya. <laughs>